Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's your boy, Johnny Clutch, talking about the latest sports news and giving hot takes in the sports that I love. The NBA trade deadline has come and gone. Probably the biggest story is about the trade that didn't happen. Everyone knows for weeks the Lakers have been trying to pursue Anthony Davis and they never really got a deal done. I know the last Lakers offer was Kuzma, Ball, and Ingram, two first-round picks for Anthony Davis. The Pelicans said no, and they countered with like something crazy, like four first-round picks, two second-round picks, something along those lines. I have to say the Lakers made the right move, not giving up that much. But in my opinion, it looks like it really alienated the young players and the team here in their names and trade talks for multiple weeks. And I believe that's the number one thing the Lakers will regret from all of this is not getting a deal done and having all the backlash come from it with all the other players, you know, you know, feeling pretty pissed off, to be honest. And I would, too, seeing my name put up in trade rumors every single day. And there was many reasons that this deal didn't happen, but I'll give you two reasons why the Pelicans didn't want to do this trade. Number one, they really didn't want to give in. To be honest, they were really petty and they had every right to. I mean, I think there was something fishy going on with Davis and the Lakers. I think Magic Johnson's probably already had conversations with the Brow. I mean, look at last season. He was having tampering allegations against him with PG-13, and he was found guilty for it and was ultimately fined by the NBA. So it's not, I wouldn't put it past Magic to do something like that. And in that case, if I'm the Pelicans, I'm not just going to give in. I'm just not going to give up my franchise player due to something like that. Unless the Lakers were offering some godfather offer, which they never did. The Pelicans' counter was ultimately declined. And number two reason for this was that the Celtics' offers come in this summer. I mean, why would you take this offer without seeing what the Celtics have? I mean, yeah, the Lakers' trade offer wasn't that bad in the end. Their last one was, like I said, Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, two firsts for Anthony Davis. It's not terrible. But hey, maybe the Pelicans don't think much of those young players and they would rather see what Boston has. Boston can have up to four first-round picks in this upcoming draft. Jason Tatum, I hear, is available, so we'll see how that goes. Also, part of me believes that the Pelicans never really had any real intention of getting a deal done with the Lakers. I kind of think that they want to end up screw the Lakers by you know, getting all the Lakers' young players' names out and having them deal with the backlash of it. I mean, it's a possibility, and it has been discussed. I wouldn't put it past the Pelicans for being that petty about losing Anthony Davis. They basically said, "Well, if you're going to tamper with our guy, well, you know what? You're going to feel you're going to feel repercussions of that." And it kind of did. I mean, look at that last game against the Pacers. The Lakers looked absolutely terrible, and you saw at the end of the game, LeBron was sitting by himself at the end of the bench. There could be many reasons to that, but. There's no doubt that these trade rumors have really damaged the Lakers team chemistry and it really could hurt them the rest of the season. They're on the outside looking in in the Western Conference playoffs. Anthony Davis definitely ain't walking through the door now, so it's going to be really rough the rest of the season for them to turn it around. So as I've been saying for the last you know week or so, this trade's going to happen in the offseason. I think everyone should have known that all along, that the Lakers weren't going to get a deal done unless they would have really just given up everything like the like the Pelicans wanted, given up four first-round picks and all those young players. Just basically would have been in the end giving up way too much for one player. I really don't care who it is unless it's – there's maybe like one or two players all time that would give all that up for it. And Anthony Davis isn't one of them, even as great as he is. And on another note of Anthony Davis, um, I hear he's even returning to the lineup tomorrow for the Pelicans in a home game. And I will think it'd be really classy for the Pelicans fans to give him, uh, you know, a huge cheer 
I don't know if it's likely or not. They're probably still pretty upset about him with the trade request. But you have to think that guy's given seven years of his career to that organization, give it all he has, and you never know. Maybe they could change his mind with something like that. I mean, it's very unlikely, but you just never know. I've seen crazier things happen. So let's get into the trades that actually did happen. And one of the bigger ones near the trade deadline was the Clippers trading away Tobias Harris to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Clippers trade away Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Michael Scott for Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, and Mike Wiscala, who was ultimately flipped to the Lakers, but that's another thing. Uh, two first rounds and two seconds. So uh, Sixers really, in my opinion, paid a hefty price for Tobias Harris, but I'll say this about Tobias Harris. I think he's one of those players in the league, you could put him on, him on almost any team, and he fits. Think about it. He can play the three and the four, can shoot the ball very well from the outside, defends well, can drive to the hole. He's really a seamless fit to the Sixers. He he provides a lot of floor spacing. That's really key when you have Joel Embiid down low and Ben Simmons, who's a point guard who can't shoot outside of 15 feet. And honestly, even before the trade, I thought they were the most talented team in the East, and I think that's even more of a, more of a case now. Tobias Harris was a borderline all-star this year. He didn't ultimately get in the game, but he's had a career year, so we'll see how if he can continue his good play on a team that's trying to make a finals run. The Sixers have really shown this year that they're really trying to go all in. You know, Jimmy Butler trade earlier in the year, and now Tobias Harris, you know, at, near the trade deadline. So it looks like it's really finals appearance or bust for the Philadelphia 76ers. On the other end of this trade, the Clippers, I think the main thing that's of note here is that I really don't believe that they were trying to keep Tobias Harris in the offseason. And for a player, they weren't trying to keep two first rounds, two seconds. You get cap relief. I know... Uh, Jerry West is the GM of the Clippers, and he's probably gonna—he probably wants to be a big player in this year's free agency with all the stars in it. And they just opened up a lot of money. I know that he's really coveting Kawhi Leonard. I've heard rumors of them wanting Demarcus Cousins as well. Uh, maybe they can look into maybe getting Clay or Kyrie Irving. Who knows what can possibly happen with Jerry West? Jerry West is one of the best recruiters and general managers that the NBA has ever seen. This is the same Jerry West that recruited Shaquille O'Neal to come to the Lakers. The same Jerry West who was pivotal in Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors. So no one should no one should be counting out Jerry West and the Clippers and all the free agency craziness this summer. And those two firsts, those are that's good ammo for a trade. I don't know if they want to get Anthony Davis. I don't know if that's enough to get him. But maybe there's another trade down the line that they can possibly get a star from. The next trade I want to talk about is the one that happened between the Bulls and the Wizards. Uh, they tra- the Bulls trade away Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, uh, 2023 second-round pick for Otto Porter. Kind of a deal that works out for both sides, in my opinion. I know Washington really was trying desperately to get rid of Otto Porter's massive contract, and they got something pretty good for him. They got Jabari Parker on an expiring deal, so that opens up for some money for them. Uh, with John Wall being out for a whole year, they're definitely going to need to get something in free agency to keep the team afloat for next season. I like Bobby Portis. I think Bobby Portis can turn into a star one day under the right system and under the right coaching. Shoots very well from the outside. Very good defensive player. Plays with a ton of energy. I like him for the Wizards. I wouldn't be surprised at all if one day we look back on this trade and we say to ourselves, man, Bobby Portis is by far the best player in it. Uh, They also get a 2023 second round pick. Kind of irrelevant right now. And so for the Bulls, they get Otto Porter. 
like I said before, he has a massive contract, one that I'm not really a fan of. Otto Porter isn't a bad player, but he hasn't really taken that next step that many thought he would. And the Wizards decided to cut ties. For the Bulls, I guess it's not terrible considering they're not a big player in free agency the next couple of seasons anyway. And they've really needed a wing defender badly. So I think he can really help them win now. To whereas Bobby Portis was kind of, you know, in the way of Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter's minutes. Jabari Parker really was a flop there. So in the end, I think this is a trade that can probably work out for both sides. And you don't see that often in the NBA. The next trade up was the Mavericks trading Harrison Barnes to the Sacramento Kings for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. Kind of an odd deal, but it kind of makes sense if you look into it for both sides. Uh, Dallas, basically, this is a full-on salary dump for them. They take on Zach Randolph's expiring contract, get rid of Harrison Barnes' contract that still has a couple years left on it, so it opens up money for them to spend in uh, next next free agency. For Sacramento, you get a decent veteran or quote-unquote veteran that's only 26. He does have a ring, and Harrison Barnes still isn't a bad player. Uh, he only has a couple years left on his deal, and Sacramento's not really a big player in free agency anyway. So I think he can be a nice addition to the Kings. I think he's a nice a nice upgrade over what they had that position before and Iman Shumpert, who they just recently traded to the Houston Rockets. That So can see why it makes sense, unless the Kings do something stupid and sign Harrison Barnes during our max contract, which would be absolutely stupid, and I hope they don't do. But hey, they got Harrison Barnes basically for free. They weren't really playing. They weren't actually. They weren't playing Zach Randolph at all this season. And Justin Jackson's been a complete bust ever since they drafted him. So I kind of lead on the edge of the Kings winning this trade. But we'll see what the Mavericks do with that added money they got from this trade. Next up, we have the Milwaukee Bucks getting Nikola Mirotic for Jason Smith and Fon Maker. Now I know. At first, it said uh, Jason Smith and Stanley Johnson. It was like some weird thing, and then they turned into a three-team deal with the other trade that they got Stanley Johnson, stuff like that, whatever. But basically, they got Nikola Mirotic really for pennies on the dollar, in my opinion. Jason Smith, not really someone they were playing. Whether you want to say it was Stanley Johnson or Thon Maker they traded. Stanley Johnson was the guy they just got. Thon Maker you know, really wasn't in the rotation, and they gave up a uh, second-round pick. So honestly a good move by the Bucks, in my opinion. Uh, Mirotic is going to probably come off the bench for them, but they can do a lot of things with him in the lineup. I think uh, what would be really interesting to see if, is if they would actually put Giannis at the five and have Mirotic at the four. That could be something worth looking into. Mirotic can play the three and the four, so he's really valuable in terms of that. And he adds more space into that team, who is one of the top three-point shoot te- shooting teams on the season. And they add another gunner on their team. Mirotic is averaging a career high 16.7 points per game and has been shooting lights out. I remember earlier in the season, he was absolutely going nuts. First few games for the Pelicans, he was averaging like 25, 30 points per game. I was thinking, is this guy going to ever miss off season? I mean, all season. So then he kind of cooled down after that. But Mirotic is a guy that can get hot, and that can really help this team in the playoffs. He, He can be a really key contributor for them. Next trade I want to talk about, we're getting back to the Sixers here. Markel Fultz was traded from the Sixers to the Magic for Jonathan Simmons, a first-round pick that is from OKC, not Orlando. Good note there. And a second-round pick. I mean, kind of crazy to think that Markel Fultz was just a number-one pick in the draft just last year. So really a fall from grace for him, but he gets a new start in Orlando, a team that really needs a point guard. I stated in one of my previous podcasts that when when I thought they should have been looking at Dennis Smith Jr., 
but Dennis Smith ultimately went to the Knicks, that they should have been looking at Dennis Smith as a young point guard they can possibly put in their team. But I guess this kind of works too. Kind of a low-risk, high-reward move, in my opinion, even though they did get rid of a first-round pick that I didn't like, but they probably had to part with it to get the potential that they would receive in Fultz. So if I'm the Magic, I, I really take it slow with Markel Fultz. If he has to sit out the rest of the season, so be it, just so he can be going in the next season full go. I'm really rooting for Markel Fultz. It's just really terrible what's been happening to him. I don't know if it's sho- if it's a shoulder. I'm I'm guessing it is. I, I heard he got something to show that it's physical, but I think it's mental at the same time as well. So I really hope he gets right and can show what type of player he can be in the NBA because he was a hell of a player in college. There was a reason why the Sixers got him number one overall. And you really look out in the Sixers end, like I said, Fultz has been a bust so far, and think about it they traded away at number three pick to move up to number one gave up a first round pick to Boston they gave him a first round pick for taking Jason Tatum over Markel Fultz that's craziness right there so that's really shown you know what a wrong move by the Sixers that was I kind of gave him a pass for it because you know who would have known this would have happened with Markel Fultz no one did uh, the other things the Sixers uh, got in the trade other than the first round pick of course which was probably the main attraction uh, Jonathan Simmons. I think Jonathan Simmons can be a nice rotational player for them in the playoffs. He plays good defense, can hit a couple shots for them. Uh, the last trade of note on the day, and probably the biggest one of the day, was Memphis sending Mark Gasol to the Raptors for Jones Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, C.J. Miles, and a second-round pick. Uh, first things first, probably a rough day for Gasol and the Grizzlies, even though Gasol is going to a contender. Uh, Gasol was a part of the Grizzlies for 10 years. That's probably a place he calls home. And it would be a crime if he did not get his jersey retired one day in Memphis. So a great Memphis career for him. One of the best Grizzly players ever. So let's get into the trade. I feel this trade for the Raptors was kind of a retaliation to Tobias Harris going to Philadelphia. Where the Raptors are saying, well, we basically got to make a move to get us back even with them. And this really does it. Toronto, even though they're really stacked in the front court, Toronto has been struggling rebounding the ball this year. And Marcus Gasol is a presence inside that will really you know, be a good solution to the problem for them. What will be interesting to see, I think Marcus Gasol will start with them making this trade. There's, there's no doubt in my mind he does. But what will be interesting to see is who ends up coming off the bench. Will it be Serge Ibaka who goes to the bench or Pascal Siakam? I would probably lean towards Ibaka coming off the bench because I feel he's a better, he has more center qualities than Siakam and he can play the backup center minutes behind Marcus Saul. But really, they can interchange a lot with those guys. They can really just play the hot hand every night. And Ibaka, Siakam, Gasol, those are three very good players. And Toronto, like Philly, is going for it all this year, it seems. They make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We saw it in their trade to get Kawhi, and we're seeing it here with them getting Mark Gasol. As for the Grizzlies in this trade, it was a little surprising to see them deal him the, the Raptors because there was a lot of talk about Marc Gasol ultimately going to Charlotte, but those talks must have fell through. Maybe Charlotte had a couple players they didn't want to give up for him. Maybe Memphis wanted Malik Monk or someone like that, and Charlotte was saying no. So who knows? There could have been a number of reasons, or maybe they just like the Raptors deal more. So the Memphis Grizzlies will be getting Jonas Valanciunas, who will probably be replacing the Gasol, DeLon Wright, Miles, and the second-round pick. 
I like DeLon Wright. I think that he can possibly be a solution at point guard, maybe short-term or long-term, when they just finally decide to part with Mike Conley. Mike Conley did not get traded before the trade deadline. He will probably be traded this summer, is what I'm hearing. DeLon Wright really never had a chance to shine in Toronto because of Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet being ahead of him in the depth chart. He was playing more of the two. So he'll probably be playing a lot more one in Memphis, and he's definitely a big upgrade and backup point guard for them. Part of me thinks it's a little bit of a surprise they didn't get a first-round pick from this, especially considering the Raptors will probably be drafting late in the first round for many years anyway. So just a slight surprise for me. I would, If I was Memphis, I would have held out for a first-round pick. But you know, maybe the market wasn't really telling them that. Maybe the market was telling them that this was the right deal and this was good value for them. So of all those trades in mind, what I find really interesting is that a lot of the Eastern Conference teams are really trying to go for it all this year. They really want to get to the finals. I don't think any of these trades puts any of those East teams ahead of the Warriors. But you look at Philly getting Tobias Harris, the Bucks getting Nikola Mirotic, and the Raptors getting Marcus All. They all seem to think they could possibly get over the hump against them with those moves, and they all and they really believe that they can make it to the finals making those moves. At the very least, what I like about this deadline is that the East is continually getting better, and that'll be good for the playoffs this year, in my opinion. The Eastern Conference playoffs has been very unwatchable for many years, and honestly, I'm actually looking for more of the Eastern Conference playoffs and the Western Conference playoffs. We already know who's going to the, you know, the NBA Finals and Western Conference, and that's the Warriors. The East is a little bit more tricky. We really don't know. There's four teams that really can take it. There's Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, and Toronto. Another takeaway for me is that I thought this was a pretty exciting trade deadline. I know Anthony Davis to Lakers was a firework that everyone wanted, or him even being traded at all to any team was what everyone wanted, but I feel this was a trade deadline that had a lot of interesting deals, especially Porzingis to the Mavs, which I know this really happened at the quote-unquote deadline, but it happened near it about a week ago. It will be very interesting to see how this this trade deadline shapes the NBA for the rest of the season and for years to come. Will Porzingis and Doncic be as lethal as everyone thinks they're going to be? Will Markel Fultz finally find his footing in Orlando? And will Tobias Harris be worth it for the Philadelphia 76ers? A lot of questions I just said over there, and I couldn't even said more. Marcus Gasol with Toronto, does that put them over the hump? Does that help him keep Kawhi? A lot of questions came from this, and I really can't find—I really can't wait to find out the answers to a lot of them. Definitely an exciting time to be a fan of the NBA. It should be very fun to watch the rest of the season. Thank you for everyone that listened to this podcast. Hit those subscribe buttons on iTunes and Google Play. Hit those likes and comments on the social media platforms, and let me know what you guys think about these trades. Would love to get some input from the listeners out there. Until next time, it's your boy Johnny Clutch. Peace out.